Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 40 of TLDR Podcast. We have gone through 40 weeks of this, and we are not stopping for anything. Um, unfortunately, we are a short bench once again. Um, we got we're we're playing you know penalty kill. You know, there's we're 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 in a little bit of a rough patch without Eric. But hey, we wish we uh, wish he could be here. But you know, work calls. Um, so Eric, if you listen to this, when you listen to this, please, we want you back, like figure out your schedule, man. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know that the NBA, you know, they, it is what it is, but Alex, how was your weekend? My guy. The weekend was good. Uh, really nice weather up here. Um, I got my first COVID vaccine last week too. Awesome. Um, so that's exciting news. Um, you know, other than that. Can't complain much up up here in uh, wine country. That's good stuff, man. Love to hear it, Tyler. Well, and this goes for Alex too. The baseball season is a, it, it's opening day this week. Uh, is that yes, right? Yes, sir. Thursday. Thursday is that Dodgers opening day, or is that just the overall? Everybody, everybody. everyone starting Thursday. How excited are you for that? Oh, stoked! Um, obviously, it's it's probably one of my favorite days of the year. Um, opening day is just such a it, it honestly should be a national holiday i think everyone should, should have work off on opening day uh, and we should all just sit and enjoy baseball for a day uh do 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 the babe ruth challenge all together and just mm. enjoy a great day of baseball from morning to night um i'm all for it so unfortunately i'll be on a bus traveling to san francisco on opening day but i'm sure i'll still be able to watch some baseball so looking forward to opening day on thursday i love that um getting another sport back we we're in the middle of a crazy basketball season and the nhl season is just is you know almost four weeks away from uh from the playoffs but we're gonna start james first of all how are you doing bud i'm good man i'm a little tired um alex is telling us about how great the weather is and i disagree 100 percent it's freaking hot. It is. And hot. for somebody, somebody who is heavier like me, I sweat all the time, which is super uncomfortable, <laughs> but not, not a fan of the heat, man. Bring back the winter, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, uh, but you know what, you know, it's heating up off season for the NFL is, is, I mean, I know it was hot before, but I think we had, we had a discussion offline that, you know, a lot of the teams that you want to talk about this week are, you know, have a lot to do still. And uh, so we're going to roll right into it. Um, James, you're going to take us through the NFC North and the offseason needs for these teams. I know, like I said, I know a lot of has already happened, but take it away. All right, man. NFC North, like Trayden said, Trayden is actually a week ahead because last week he did the NFC and just out of his ass to the AFC. So good for him. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start with the Green Bay Packers, though. They finished 13-3, and made it pretty far with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, last season, they finished first in offense and ninth in defense. They re-signed Aaron Jones in the offseason, but they lost center Corey Lindsley. That's a huge loss right there. Currently, they have 2.7 million cap space. Tyler, how do they? what do they need to fix what they got going on, and how do they fix it? Uh, yeah, Screamy Packers team, uh, obviously one of the better teams in the NFC. I, see, I still think will be uh, going into next season. Um I think a few you know tweaks here and there is what they need to shore up. I think one of those spots is a uh, cornerback. I think on the defensive side, need to kind of tweak a few things. Uh, so let's look, let's look for in, in a free agency, obviously draft isn't going to cut it. So uh, looking to free agency, looking at some uh, top, top cornerbacks that are out there. Uh, Steven Nelson of the Pittsburgh uh, uh, Steelers, I think is a good option for them. 
so I think on the on the cornerback side, sh uh, sh showing off that pass defense, I think is is a is a big part for the uh, Packers moving forward. You sound very well prepared for this segment this week. I'm so proud trying, of you. Trying, trying. <laughs> you didn't mess up a name. That was very yes. that was really well said. Thank, Thank you. you. Alex, Thank what do you got? Um, I mean, obviously the big problem with the Packers is they have Devontae Adams and nobody else, but I don't really think it on the offensive side, you know, he need Aaron Rodgers needs a second wide receiver. I don't really see how they're gonna go by getting a second star. Um, so I'm actually not going to go that direction. I'm going to go kind of on the other side of the ball. You just said they were first in offense. Um, so ninth in defense. Um, I think a draft prospect for them to look at is Aleem McNeil. Uh, you know, they, they had a decent defensive um, showing last season. They need to get after the quarterback a little bit more. Um, I think that he can definitely do that. Um, you know, they performed better than they did in 2019. They want to keep that rolling. Um, the Packers are still in the heat of a, you know, a Super Bowl run here. So showing up that defensive line, uh, I think, can help push them over the edge. I think I read somewhere that Aaron Rodgers wants to play like three or four more years. So they're going to be on the Super Bowl run for three or four more years. As long as Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers, they're going for the Super Bowl. Trading, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, this was tough. Um, I mean, I know that I got prepared for it last week, but that was before – they lost their center in Lindsley. I think that that's a big issue, but I had originally had linebacker uh, that they, they could, they could shore up their defensive and on the linebacker side. I love, I like KJ Wright in that spot, but I mean, I, that he seems like he's actually interested in going to the Cowboys. So who knows what, how that, if that's going to um, pan out, I did also have um, defensive tackle and Dominican Sue, but he signed, re-signed with the Buccaneers, like I think last week. So again, this is why it's tough because things change week by week. Sorry, the dog. Part. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, mean, I think I think that the offensive side. I mean, they 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 have Aaron Jones back, which is huge. Um, but I think that they have to shore up the the defensive side, and I think linebacker is the is the key is the missing piece there. I agree one hundred and ten percent. I also went with linebacker because they did cut the starting linebacker Christian Kirksey for financial reasons. So right now they have nobody in that linebacker spot. Um, I think they go with somebody kind of cheap. He played for Trey's favorite team, the Cleveland Browns, and that's BJ Goodson. He's a pretty reliable linebacker, good against the run, good against the pass. Nothing spectacular though. He's average. But I think they do draft the linebacker somewhere in those middle rounds that he can mentor. And he's a good little stopgap for the time being. So I think they do fix their defense and I think they go linebacker with BJ Goodson. He's going to cost you like maybe two mil a year. So there it is right there. That, that works for you. Moving on to the second team. This was very surprising, but it's the Chicago Bears. They finished 8-8. Eight and eight. They were 20th in offense because Mitch Trubisky sucks and 5th in defense. They now have their QB1 in Andy Dalton, which is weird to say after all these years, but Andy Dalton's a QB1 once again. They re-signed Allen Robinson to a huge deal, and that's massive because he's one of the best wide receivers in the game by far. They currently have about $2.1 million in cap space. Alex, what do they need and how do they fix it? Oh, the Bears. God damn it. Just what a struggle <laughs> they are. Yeah, Andy Dalton's QB1. Um, he's no spring chicken. Um, he's definitely not a mobile quarterback. Um, if they want him to succeed, they need to shore up their offensive line. Um, if Andy Dalton's running around, the Bears are running to the cellar of this division. 
great analogy <laughs> nailed it uh, <laughs> well done. Uh, so draft pick um elijah vera tucker at a usc um he can slot in right away and play on that offensive line um you know they they have enough firepower on offense if they can keep andy dalton from getting smushed all the time um obviously we saw how poorly he performed in dallas last year when he was running for his life uh not that andy dalton can run that well anymore but um, so that's that's who I got as a draft pick for the Bears. Shore up that offensive line. You're very draft oriented this episode. It's crazy. Trey, yeah. what do you got? It's tough. Yeah. Again, this is a tough one. I mean, I, I last week I, I like you said, I already had it all set up, and I thought they needed a quarterback. That was before they signed Andy Dalton, which I guess was kind of unsurprising. But it seems like it's a one year deal. I had Cam Newton slated in there potentially. Um, you know, give him another shot, but. I think I think either way, this team is not going to do that well. And I think that they need to kind of focus on the future. Um, but I do like the offense. So I think I think the offensive line needs to get built out. And I think you got to go to the draft. And I like uh, Christian Darrisaw from Virginia Tech in that. They got to rebuild. Um, I, I think that they're a team that's not ready to win now. They, they're not going to beat the Packers. I mean, it's just that's that's it. And and if you can't, the Packers are kind of one of those benchmark teams, right? And and I just don't think that they're even close. Um, yeah, they got second. And that's because I think everyone under them is not that great either. Um, so I I think that they need to start building, you know, establishing the offense, the offensive line, and, and building out that way. Like it, uh, Tyler. Yeah, I actually agree with Traden. I, I I think the Bears, you know, I think they need to kind of build their future. Um, their their draft position isn't great either. In twentieth, I'm obviously you can get a pretty solid guy at twenty, but um, you know, I for me, it's I don't know if it's any specific need. I think obviously on the offensive side, they need a lot more help on the defensive side, as you mentioned, the top five defense last season, uh, shoring up that defensive side, building up the offensive, what, whatever best offensive players available to draft at twenty, whatever that may be. I think you draft him, build around that guy. Um, and, and, and move forward. But the, the Bears are a tough one, as kind of absolute to. I mean, just can't really seem to get it all together. You know, we'll see if Andy Dalton's even the answer. I don't, I don't know if he's the answer, to be honest with you. Um, but, but we'll see how he does in uh, Chicago. And uh, I, for, I, for me, I think it, it's, it's patient time for the Bears. Let's kind of see, you know, build a future and see what, you know, the next few, how, how the next few years uh, play out for them. So I agree with you guys, kind of, with the offensive line. I actually went with tight end. Uh, tight end is a kind of a blocker, but also a pass catcher, so it's going to help your offense either way. Uh, I think they go ahead and sign Trey Burton. Trey Burton is pretty good. He played for the Colts last season. He's a great blocker and a great receiver. He actually graded out as the 20th best tight end in the league last year out of 73 tight ends, which is better, better than most people. Their current tight end, Cole Komet, was terrible. I understand it was his rookie season, but still, man, he was not cutting it either way. Um, he gets to play back in Chicago with a competent QB this time. It's not Mitch Trubisky. It's Andy Dalton, which is a little bit better, but not much. fact of the matter is Andy Dalton had a couple of Pro Bowl years when he was in Cincinnati. Mitch Trubisky was just poop. Um, he's coming in at 2 to $3 million per year, so he's definitely signable. I say bring back Trey Burton. Give the Chicago Bears a chance. With a defense that's top five, you have a chance of kind of taking a wild card potentially. Moving on to the second team or the third team in this division, that is the Minnesota Vikings coming in at seven and nine. I honestly think they were the biggest disappointment last season. They had so much hype. They had a great roster, supposedly a great defense, but that fell flat. They were seventh in offense and 27th in defense. And Mike Zimmer is a defensive head coach. Weird. 
They relied heavily on Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson, which is a solid nucleus right there. In the offseason, they signed a pretty high-profile cornerback, Patrick Peterson. He's older, not what he used to be. But back in the day, that guy was a lockdown corner, regarded as one of the best in the league. They also signed Mackenzie Alexander. They lost their best safety in Anthony Harris and lost tackle Riley Reef. They have seven million cap space right now. So, Traden, what do they need and how do they fix it? Um, I have I have a I have a good one. Um, I think that you shore up the 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 D line, um, and Ryan Kerrigan needs to be signed. Four-time Pro Bowler, very resilient, missing no games over an eight-season span, found his way on the football team's all-time sack list. Sign this guy, please, and thank you. Done. How much does it cost? Uh, that I don't know, but it's a it's, <laughs> it's a must it's a must sign if you're gonna if you're trying to compete. Uh, Tyler, what do you got? <laughs> uh, safety so again to kind of uh, defensive side of the ball. Um, a, c- a couple of uh, free, free agents on the market. Uh, Malik Hooker out of the from the Colts and uh, Trey Boston from uh, the Panthers. Uh, a couple guys out there that uh, can be signed, and I think uh, will kind of help this. Uh, team succeed again it's kind of one of those teams i think as long as uh cousins around there running around the, the, the quarterback spot um i don't know how good this team's gonna be so uh do what you can see what happens you act like cousins was the reason why this team sucked they were seventh in offense mm-hmm. they're not bad in offense it was a defense this year alex what you got so i agree <clears throat> i agree with trading their defensive line had a huge drop off from 2019 to 2020 um, I think they bring back a Vikings legend. I don't know if legend's the right word, but Everson Griffin uh, played for the Vikings for a really long time. They can bring him back as a, a vet. He won't cost a ton of money, um, but he'll be enough to kind of give them at least a name on that defensive line. You know, he's 33 years old, so he's definitely, you know, getting up there, but he can still bring it enough um, and really anything that, that they have. Uh, well, anything that they, he's better than anything they've got now, anyway. So, uh, Everson Griffin coming back to Minnesota. That's I took the words right out of my mouth. I, he was on my list. The Vikings will need an edge rusher. They were 28th out of 32 in sack percentage. I had a list of people. I had Davion Clowney, I had Melvin Ingram. They both, all of them, fit under that seven million dollar cap threshold, and they need any help that they can get. They need sacks, and they need it now. Last but not least, moving to the sellers, the bottom dwellers of the league and that's the Detroit Lions. They're going to suck so much next year. It's ridiculous. Coming in at five and 11 from last season, they pretty much have a bit new team to fight everybody. They're 15th in offense and 32nd out of 32nd in defense. They lost their best offensive stars. They lost Kenny Galladay. They lost Marvin Jones Jr. Matt Stafford is now Ram. Congratulations, Rams fans. Basically like a whole new team. Tyler, what do they need and how they fix it? Yeah, so you got you got the draft, so you start there, uh, seventh overall pick. Um, you can go a lot of different directions, as you said. It's the team is a lot. Uh, for me, what I, I like uh, Jamar Chase out of LSU. Alex, I believe you mentioned this guy last week on the podcast. Uh, you know, LSU has pumped out a lot of good wide receivers in the NFL the last few years. Um, I think he's a solid option. Obviously, Jared Goff. Um, maybe we'll miss you. Maybe we won't. Probably won't. Um, but. Uh, it'll be an interesting year for the Lions, uh, probably a few years of, of pretty bad football, but got to start somewhere. I think where they're positioned, I think Lamar Chase is one of their best options. Jamar Chase. Uh, moved on. Alex, what do you think? So close, Tyler. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, I know their defense is terrible and they're not going to fix that anytime soon. 
Um, and I, I really hate agreeing with Tyler. But, yeah, any of those big – the pick number seven, any of those big three wide receivers that are still available. So, Jamar Chase, uh, Devontae Smith, or Jalen Waddell. Um, any of those that are available. Jared Goff is still young. He can be a good quarterback in this league. Um, pair him with a young wide receiver, something to build upon. Um, you know, they've got a good running back in DeAndre uh, Swift. The defense is going to take some work. But with that seven overall pick, I think you need to get – a star wide receiver after losing Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. Trading. Uh, they, they're, they, they said it. I mean, that that's pretty much it. I mean, um, Anthony Lynn's going to be tasked with helping golf, you know, kind of find his way through the season and golf's not gonna be able to do it without some high quality pass catchers. Um, I like Devonte Smith uh, or any of those, any of those names that you guys pick, but I think you have to, I think you have to put some, some skilled, some athletic, um, you know, pass catchers, you know, beside golf, if, if they're going to, if, if a, they're going to see if he, if he's going to be their quarterback for the long term, and to give, to give them even a shot offensively. I agree. Tyler pick number seven is perfectly, perfectly acceptable to get a wide receiver, not the pick number five, pick number seven. Gotcha. <laughs> Devonte Smith is what I'm going with. I mean, honestly, this like everybody said, this team's gonna suck. Gotta make it exciting. Gotta fill the stands. So who better to get than the Heisman Trophy winner? The dude had 1,800 yards last season and 23 touchdowns. He's explosive. He's coming in at 170 pounds, super super light. I think I was 170 pounds in fourth grade. So they need to put on some weight. But the thing is, he's he's a good wide receiver. And uh, yeah, they gotta fill seats. Gotta make it watchable. So pick up Devonte Smith. And that is my segment. I love it. That was that, that was fun. James, how many uh, divisions do we still have? Uh, this will be it because we're going to the draft next week. Oh, we're going to the draft. Yeah, you. We, we can only fix some of the teams. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the the entire other half, like the East and the South. Nah. nah. <laughs> Who <laughs> Too cares? far away. Who cares? No, um, you know, you're. I'm excited for your draft uh, segments. I think those are going to be a. That's going to be a fun month to to discuss. Um, but hey, thank you for taking us through that. That was fun. Um, and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I am going to t- take you guys through the NHL trade deadline. Um, it is two weeks away, but um, we want to talk about it now because for some teams, the trade deadline is as early as this week. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll fill you in then. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. We are gonna. I'm gonna take you through the NHL trade deadline, or actually, the boys are gonna take you through the NHL trade deadline. I asked each of the boys to um, to take their division that they looked at a couple weeks ago and give me a team that they thought should really nail this trade deadline. But before we get into it, we I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about fantasy, even though I really don't want to. Um, Alex kicked my ass. And that, and I am, I've lost four in a row. I'm four and seven. Alex, you win five in a row. You're 10 and one. That is fantastic. Uh, Eric beat Kylie. She actually, he smashed like that was, that was a big one. Tyler, good win. Good win. You. you won two in a row, seven and four. Um, James, I know that you had some goalie issues. So <laughs> tell me about your goalie issues this week. Oh my God. Okay. So I have five goalies on my team and then, Tyler's stupid ass fantasy rules. It's just like the goalies score like 80 to 100 points a game, Brutal. and everybody else scores like three. Brutal. So you got to have good goalies to get to get a dub, right? 
my goalies played one game in one period Rough. because they had COVID issues. I had the Montreal, I had Carey Price, and I had Mike Smith. Mike Smith played one game. That was my one game. And then Carey Price played zero games. And then I had Tuka Rask, who played a period and got hurt. <laughs> so I, I scored like 60 points total from my goalies. Yeah. And I should have got like 700 from my goalies. That's messed yeah. up. That That's pretty rough. Um, but after this week, uh, Eric and Alex are top of the leaderboard. Um, it's tied for first James and Tyler are tied for third and I'm down all the way at eighth. Um, I don't even know why I do these segments because I don't deserve <laughs> to. Um, but with, with that said, um, we are going to talk trade deadline today. Um, the trade deadline is April 12th this season, which is legitimately four weeks away from the start of the playoffs. As, now that we found out that the NHL is extending the regular season a week to make up some of those games, um that they they lost uh, that they had to postpone due to COVID issues um also some good news on the for, for the northern teams the the nhl and the the north division and the canadian government agreed to allow a shorter quarantine period for players that are traded or brought over from the united states to canada via a trade or whatever um, it's only a seven-day quarantine as opposed to a 14-day quarantine so um, which is good because I think that the trade deadline for Canadian teams would have been closer to yesterday or last week um, to give them that a little bit of time so that they could actually play for a team before playoffs. Otherwise you're waiting, you know, two weeks and you only get to see them like four or five times. Um, so before we get in um, to the nitty gritty, um, a couple, tr- couple big trades that happened over the weekend, um, Buffalo traded away Eric Stahl. They're starting their, their process of selling everybody Um and to Montreal and they retain half, half his salary um, for a 2021 and fifth and third round pick. Uh, Eric Stahl is a pretty solid um, elite veteran. I think that that's a pretty solid move for Montreal. And then uh, Kings fans, you acquired Brendan Lemieux. I heard he's a little bit of a rat, he, but he is the type of player that, that um, LA loves to, to bring into their, uh, their system. Uh, and you guys gave away a 21, uh, fourth round pick. I think that's a very solid move for you guys. Uh, if you guys are going to try and make a push to get into the playoffs, um, you guys have any thoughts on that before we move on? Just better depth for that Kings, that Kings, uh, you know, front front line or whatever. I mean, he won't play on the front, you know, the first line, but um, just better depth, more scoring um, gets just a little bit more. I don't know if veteran leadership is like the right mm-hmm. word, but he's been in the league long enough where he's not, you know, yeah. He's not a guy playing on his rookie contract or one of these young ones. So, yeah, he's, not he's got that. Change he's got that truculence. I think it's going to be good for you guys. That's kind of what you, the type of player you're looking for. Um, so we're going to break up into the divisions um, and we're going to start this time on the West Coast. We're going to start with the Honda West. Um, Alex, I know that there's I mean, the, the, the standings are pretty, pretty crazy in the middle. Um, I mean, we know that the top two are. I guess you could say three teams are, are kind of solidified up there, but that bottom spot, man, are, are, is pretty tight. So I, I think we're in a market that is, that is a buyer's market this year. Um, I'll just say that kind of overarching. Um, there's, there's not very many teams that have money to make moves. So it's the exact opposite of the housing market that we're seeing in, in life. And I could attest to that. It has been brutal. Um, as a, you know, being the buyer. <laughs> so Alex, I asked you to, to, to give me a couple teams that either could, that really need to nail this tread deadline if they can, whether it be a buyer or seller. Um, give me your insight. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with buyers. Cause that's more fun. 
Yeah. Um, so the buyers, I think it has to be the Vegas Golden Knights. And that might be kind of weird because obviously they are a cup contending team. But we saw in the playoffs last year, they are very top heavy. They're very similar to your Edmonton Oilers, where their top two lines score a lot and they're really good. And the bottom two lines don't do that much. I think I was reading in a stat that their bottom, their fourth line has a total of one goal and five assists all season. That's yeah. six points. That's not going to cut it if you want to be a cup contending team. Um, so I think, and the Knights have been really good at this. They trade, they've traded away, um, you know, prospects and younger guys and they get big, you know, I want to say big league, but big ice, whatever, like veteran players, you know, like Pacioretty and Mark Stone, you know, guys like that. So um, things, I think guys that they can target, um, you know, maybe kind of a surprise guy, but Bobby Ryan, um, hmm. after coming back into the league, uh, you know, dealing with some issues, he's been playing pretty well, actually, for a pretty shitty Detroit team. Um, you know, he's in his mid thirties. He's still got some, he's still got some juice in those legs um, and he can score a little bit. Um, I think he's going to be the one that's probably going to fit the best money wise. Um, but another guy possible is Tanner Pearson uh, coming mm. from the Canucks who have, they've started playing better as of late. Um, I just, you know, we talked about them weeks ago and they still haven't, you know, squeaked their way back in. Um, he's got like a 3.5 million cap hit though. It's going to, they'll have to do some maneuvering to get that to kind of fit. Um, but I think the Knights, if they want to be a real, real cup contender and to come out the, you know, the team to come out of the West, they're going to need some more depth scoring. I like that. Um, and I, I don't really have any objection. I think that they, I think that they probably are the, the buyer of the, of the, the big buyer of the uh, division because they've just been snake bitten in those final rounds. And I think you're right. They need to shore up the, the defense, the, the depth scoring. And I, so I totally agree with you. So you have, you also said you had a seller, a selling team. Yeah. So, and this one might come as a little bit of a shock, but I think the seller should be the Minnesota wild. Wow. And here's why I think that I do not think that they're good enough to beat either the Knights or the abs They're They have a very young, really exciting core. And then they've got some older guys who maybe aren't performing as well. And, you know, they could buy to just to lose in the first or the second round. And then they kind of mortgage their future. So what I think, I think the wild have a shot if they sell off, get some interesting pieces, continue to build, you know, they've got the probable Calder trophy winner, you know, Jordan Greenway, still a young player. They've got good, interesting pieces. They could stay or just stand pat, you know, get into the playoffs Losing the first round to the abs, it will, you know, it'll be a lot of good experience, but I think that they can, they can sell and build for the future. Um, you know, once we get back into the, our normal um, divisions, I think they have a, they have a really good shot at being one of those better teams. We've seen those teams in what was, you know, typically the central division start to kind of fall off. So right. I think that was kind of a shock, but I think the wild should sell a little bit. I, I, you know what? I don't disagree. I mean, they're, they're one of those teams that to your point is right. They're like, they're playing really good, but are they overachieving? Probably like, are they, well, are they going to face the music when it comes to the playoffs? Yeah, they are. And I think that, ha that at a selling strategy is probably the smartest strategy. Um, you got Nick Bonino, you got Nick Bugstad, Ian Cole and Marcus Johansson as notable UFAs this year. Those are solid rentals for a lot of teams. Yeah, that they said, get, they can get interesting stuff from that. They could get interesting stuff, absolutely. And this is a team that could that could really grow their their um, their younger guys. And so I agree with you. That said, they may just opt on 
up to, to keep them as their own rentals for the rest of the season and then, you know, do their, do their stuff later. But to your point, if you know you're going to get out in the first or second round, you might want to get something for them. You know, just you're, yeah, you, you don't want them to walk away next year for nothing. Right. Can, that that's absolutely to true. Build, build youth and depth in the, in the right organization. The, the only thing that I worry about is your fan base. How pissed would they be when you throw in the, the metaphorical towel? Like you're, you're kind of saying, guys, we, we're not going to do it. We've been playing great, but we're going to raise a white flag. So it, it's, it's a tough it's, it's tough yeah. to be able to sell that to your fan base. But if anybody understands that, it would be the Minnesota Wild fans. They are some of the best fans in, in hockey. Um, but Alex, I agree with you. Uh, any other, you know, sellers that, I mean, obviously, I think the Sharks are sellers. Yeah, um, I mean, I think the Sharks are sellers. I think the Ducks are sellers. Um, you know, I think, the, I think the Kings could be sellers. I really don't want them to because I think that means – selling off like Dustin Brown or Jonathan quick. And I really don't want that to happen. Yeah. But realistically for the future, it's probably a good thing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ricard Raquel feels like someone that should not be in Anaheim a minute longer than he needs to be. Um, the ducks are going nowhere. Trade him, get something for him. He's probably the best trade piece they've got. James, what do you, what do you say to that? Do you think, do you think Ricard Raquel is going to be on the chopping block here, trading block here? Yeah, probably. And it just sucks because he's one of my favorite players. He's fun to watch. He has some really good puck skills, fast, great IQ. It's going to be tough to watch him leave. But Alex is right. The Ducks suck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to get, I just wanted to spend a little more time on the Honda West because, you know, three of you guys are really into it and Eric is too. Um, but we're going to move, we're going to move over to the Central. We're going to move over to the Central. I asked Tyler to take care of this team. Um, the Discover Central is another interesting beast. Um, look, I think that it's the most top-heavy division in hockey, and then that fourth that fourth spot is really like, who? The, I mean, are the a do they even have a chance to beat that top team, which is probably going to be Tampa Bay, um, and it, it, it's just a huge drop off. It's it's just a massive drop off. And you could say that with the with the injury to 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 Florida's um, or to Ekblad's injury in Florida. I don't even know how, how they're going to be able to handle that going forward. But Tyler, who do you think is, is, is a buyer and or a seller that really needs to nail this uh, trade deadline this year? Yeah, obviously the Ekblad injuries, um, huge bummer for Florida, but I think Florida is going to be the biggest buyers um, in this uh, trade deadline. Um, I think that they've surprised a lot of people and been competing, not just for a playoff spot, but for the top spot in that division. Um, so I think that they need to add um, some pieces there to maybe possibly make a run. Um, I think when you, got got this team and um there's a chance to win i think you you get you take it this team's got a lot of uh cap space as well so they could potentially trade for a guy and sign him long term if, if, if it works out um and i think they could definitely use on the offensive side their offense has been very good though so i don't know if that's where they would go i think more on the on their deep on their defenseman depth is probably a, a better option um i like them trying to uh trade for vince dunn mm. uh, the the defenseman from the st louis blues uh, he's been he's been probably a top 20, 25 defenseman in the NHL the last few years. This season um, hasn't been performing that well. Um, but I think, you know, he's younger. He's got some experience. Um, put him put him in a in a different uh, in a different system and maybe he he, uh, he can work out for you. Um, but I like the Panthers being big buyers um, at this trade deadline. I think that they need to add some pieces um, to make a run, especially when the Tampa Bay lightning, the, the former Stanley cup champions are in your, uh, division. So, yeah, um, 
uh, Florida Panthers for sure buyers. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're bang on. And here's the thing about the Florida Panthers, unlike many of the buyers situations, is that they have $16.3 million in, in projected cap space. That's a lot of money to make some moves. I mean, that, that there's there's teams like the the Toronto Maple Leafs, Edmonton Oilers on top of my head, Vegas Golden Knights to, to an extent. Those guys are going to look to add, but they just have no money. They have to make they have to make the money work. Whereas the Panthers can take on a very high, high level rental. They could even, I could even see um, Taylor Hall going there. I mean, who knows? Like he, he would, he would add an injection to scoring. Although I don't know that they need as much scoring as much as they need defense to your point. Um, But you know, they have that much money to make, to make some rental moves. So um, I think you're, I think you're bang on. Um, Did you have any other, uh, you know, did you have a seller or any, you know, who else do you think could be a seller and or a buyer? Yeah, I think I think seller wise, I think I'm I'm looking at uh, the Nashville Predators. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. I think this team has just been on a downward downward spiral, uh, which is unfortunate because this is I think one of the, you know, the most likable teams in in, in the NHL there for a while. And uh, I just think the last couple of seasons they really haven't gone anywhere. Um, I think there are a lot of contracts that probably need to be dumped um, and kind of look for a for a different change of direction. So um, I, I I think the the uh, predators are probably going to be uh, sellers. Um, so, and as far as, far as the other bomb, obviously the, the devils are trying to rebuild and all that stuff. So um, I don't, you know, I don't th- see them doing a whole lot. Uh, Blackhawks, I don't think will do a whole lot. I just think that they're kind of in that weird middle spot. I don't think they're going to go too big on selling or too big on buying either. I think they're still kind of rebuilding. Um, so I, I, I think of all, all the teams that are really going to be aggressive in terms of selling, I, I, I see a Nashville there. Yeah. I, 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 that's another team I agree with. However, you ask them, they're sitting in a playoff spot right now. They, yep. They've gone a few games in a row here. So it's crazy what a, a little streak of games can do for you in terms of your placement, especially in that, in that bottom, you know, bottom spot of the central that it seems like it's up for grabs. I mean, you have even Columbus that's three points out of it. Um, and then you have the Dallas stars who have, you know, four games at hand, which is an eight point swing, which would put them in the playoffs. So it's, it's, yeah. it, it's a quite weird crazy race. But to your point, Nashville has some notable UFAs up for, you know, that are going to be pending free agents. Pekka Rene, Mikhail Granlund, Eric Halla, um, Lucas Pizza, and uh, Brad Richardson. Those are high, those are high names that, again, that you know, could, could send a team over the hump. I don't think Pekka Rene is worth much. I just don't think he's that good. And I think they're going to move on to, move on to UC Saros as their starting goaltender. So maybe someone wants to pick up Pekka Rene and give him a, give him a shot, but his, his his play as of late and his postseason play in his history has not been very fantastic but we did see what Clayton Kershaw could do in a year and maybe he could have a Clayton Kershaw-esque revival on a different team um thank you for that we're gonna move actually we're gonna move straight up to the north before I finish out with the east um I asked uh, James to check out the north um the north is quite a is quite a division um all of a sudden Calgary and Vancouver are two points out of a spot that said Montreal, it has like five games at hand. So I'm pretty sure they're going to make it. I think, I think that the North is kind of established on who's going to be in the playoffs. I just, we just don't know how they're going to be placed. Um, You got the top three that are just vying for that top spot, second spot and third spot. And they're all pretty tight, especially in point percentage. Um, So James, who do you think is a, is, is the big one that which team needs to make a big splash here on the trade deadline? I'm gonna let you guys guess and see what I'm like. See if you got it right. See if you match what I thought. Tyler, what do you think? For buyers, who's gonna be a buyer? Yeah, who's gonna be a buyer? 
Oilers. Wrong. Alex, what do you got? <laughs> oh, uh, it's got to be the Ottawa Senators. Oh, dude, you nailed it. Actually, no. Do <laughs> you have an actual guess? Uh, the Jets. Oh. I did not say that one either. Tyler, Jaden, what do you think? It's got to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's what I said. I want the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, right now, they're in a prime position to make that Stanley Cup push. It's not even a playoff push anymore. They're going to make the playoffs no matter what at this point. It's do they win the Stanley Cup? And the only way they get there is by getting a goalie. Frederick Anderson was a hell of a goalie at the beginning of the season. As of late, he's kind of fallen off. Um, not a hell of a goalie, but he's, he, he played a good amount to help them win. But he's fallen off as of late, and he's injured. And right now, it's Jack Campbell is coming up. He's playing pretty well, too, but he's injury prone. He has an iffy issue when it comes to injuries. He's on and off. When he plays, he's good. What you need is stability. And I think they get that by trading for Jonathan Bernier from the Detroit Red Wings. This season, he's a 0.918 save percentage, and he has a 2.78 goal against average. Given his age and like the Red Wings status, they probably won't ask for much to give him away. And he's, he's a pretty good goal center. He was drafted. He has drafted pretty high. He's been around the league. He's played for the Kings. He's played for the Ducks. He plays for the Red Wings now. I think he could be that good little stopgap to either be that number one goaltender for the time being or be a backup to Frederick Anderson when, if Frederick Anderson returns to form. I think that's a really good pickup for the Toronto Maple Leafs to go and get a goalie right now. Wow. Um, that is, that, that's quite interesting. Um, look, they are absolutely right. They're a buyer. I mean, look, they haven't been to the final four in 20 years. They haven't, they haven't hoisted the Stanley cup since we've had colored photos. They, they are the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. Everybody loves them, but everybody hates them as well. <laughs> you know, they're, they're the face of the, they're the face of the league, but they just suck every single year and everybody hates them. James, you're absolutely right. In terms of a goaltender, I, I, I agree that they need to figure out their goaltending. I just don't know how much, how they're going to be able to do that with the cap space. They don't, they don't have much, but I agree that they need to shore that up. But Kyle Dubas, the GM is going to be very aggressive and he really needs to be because let's be real in terms of the first two, um, the first two uh, rounds of the playoffs, this is the easiest that the Maple Leafs will ever have it. They don't have Boston. They don't have Tampa. There's no excuse this time. In, in the eyes of the Leafs, if the Leafs don't make it out of the out of the north, it will be a catastrophic, you know, or I'm sorry, it will be a catastrophe. So, James, you're you're bang on. I think that they're actually going to look for a top six forward to 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 add to their just continuous weapons of of uh, scoring. Jack Campbell has shown that he can do it. I don't trust him to your point. I don't trust him and I don't trust Frederick Anderson. Um, I just don't know how they're going to do it, but I think that. I, I think you have a good point there um, that they kind of need to <laughs> question. Yeah. Jonathan quick has been linked to the Maple Leafs and we've seen the Kings and the Leafs make trades in the past. I know quickie's got, he's a lot of money on the books, uh, you know, for whatever. Do you think like we, yeah. know, we talked about the Kings? Do you think that's, I mean, I would love to see quickie make a run with the Leafs. Why not? The, the issue with Jonathan quick, I don't know if he, if this is his last, if, if he was a pending UFA and you guys could, could, could eat the salary. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I, don't a, think I think he's got a one year after this. Yeah. He's got one year after this. And I think it's like, I, I think it's a, a relatively high dollar. So yeah. it, 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 to make the money work, you're either going to have to eat salary for two years as a team that needs to rebuild 
or you need to give up. I mean, I mean, the, the Leafs need to give up something that, you know, has a high dollar amount. And I just don't know that we'll take Austin Matthews if he's, Oh, Oh, that's, I mean, that's viable. That seems fair. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I love that trade. I'd love to see Austin Matthews get the fuck out of the North. <laughs> um, James, what do you think of Quickie going to the uh, the Leafs? Is Jonathan Quick still good? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> that, that remains to be seen. He's got two shots. I have him on my fantasy team. He has two. Cool. But, like, he gets injured often. And that was my point exactly with Jack Campbell. You need some stability as your goaltender. And he's not that stable. Yeah. I mean, I, it'd be cool if, if he came back and played like he did when your Stanley Cup runs and was that good, that stable, that consistent, oh, my God, yeah. Go to Toronto, win a cup, easy. Yeah. But that's not there anymore. There's one There's one name from the Kings that I think could very well end up in Toronto, and that's Alex, Alex Iafalo. I think that there's some there's some rumors there that would leave a sour taste in your guys's mouth. I think that yeah, be sad. I want Alex Iafalo to play for the Edmonton Oilers. I think that he would be the perfect piece. Um, that said, they, the Oilers are not the big ones that need to make a trip that need to make moves because they're not the the Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't have the same type of uh, pressure. James, do you have an idea for a seller? I mean, not for the North. Earlier, you said that the top four positions are pretty much locked up. I mean, yeah, but also no. Pretty much everybody but the Sanders has a shot at that number four spot. Yeah. The Sanders, though, are relatively young. I don't see them selling. I think they're going to continue molding who they got, building some chemistry and going from there. So I don't really think there's a seller in the North. Yeah, I I, I agree to to an extent. I, I, look, Vancouver has a 0.473 point percentage. They, are, they have six games more than the Montreal Canadiens. And assuming the Montreal at least at least goes you know 500, they're going to make it. So that said, if Montreal continues their slide or they can stay inconsistent, you're absolutely right. We might see uh, we might see um, Calgary or Vancouver get in there. Um, in my personal opinion, I think Calgary needs to tear everything down. I think Calgary is a, is is a pitiful organization that needs to figure its shit out. Daryl Sutter is the new coach, and I think he needs to be. But Johnny G needs to get the fuck out because I think he's worth. I don't think he's he's worth enough for that team. Um, same goes for Travis Hamannick. I think that those two players are in for a rude awakening with Daryl Sutter. They're not the players that Daryl Sutter needs. Um, and you guys can attest to this. Daryl Sutter does not like those types of players that won't get into the dirty areas, right? That's, I mean, that's Daryl Sutter's hockey and those dudes don't, I love Johnny hockey, but he's not, he's not working in Calgary in my opinion. Um, but, uh, but James, I think, I think you're right. I think all the, I think all the teams in Canada, are going to just stick with what they got besides the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, because I, I, I think that they're kind of set. I mean, Montreal did their work early in the season. You know, they did in the beginning. Uh, and they, they did add Eric Stahl, but I think that that's just some more depth. Um, the Jets are playing well. The Edmonton Oilers don't have anything to, like, they don't have any money. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, the Flames and the, and the Vancouver Canucks are going to make a push. Um, so, I, I think you're right. I think they're, I think no one's really a seller and Ottawa's actually playing pretty well. They're not going to do anything. Um, that said, we're going to move on to the East. I'm just going to make this quick. Um, I have one team in mind that is an absolute seller. And is anybody want to guess who the seller is for the, for the uh, Eastern comp or the Eastern division? Penguins. Close. I'm going to guess the team that should be relegated to the AHL. 
That is absolutely correct. They actually should be relegated to the OHO for all for, for uh, oh. in fact, I think that they are and they're in Buffalo. So they're right there in Ontario. I think that they'd actually fit perfect. Um, <laughs> they just got to hop on a little ferry, get across the, uh, the lake there. They are the Buffalo Sabres are absolutely the team that's going to sell. Does anybody think Taylor Hall is going to be a Buffalo Sabre on April 13th? Absolutely not. Doubtful. Why would he? Why? He's no reason. They'd be stupid too. I mean, so the question is where he's, where is he going to go? I I don't, I really don't know who's, who's going to bring him in. I think that given his low trade value right now, I think that Buffalo is going to have to eat a lot of that contract for this year and they will i mean if, if they can get a, a first round pick and then some other and then a prospect or two i think that they'll do that if it's one year i mean he, he's gonna he's they're not gonna eat much um it's just gonna make it work so that they can get some some prospects for this season um i i would say that jack eichel would have been on the trading block but he's done so that no one's gonna buy him um he might get dealt in the off season, but who knows um I, I also another seller that comes to my mind is the is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, I'm I'm kind of disappointed in the Columbus Blue Jackets to be honest. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I John Tortorella is much of a fan. I'm sorry, the Columbus Blue Jackets is a discover. I'm 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 or as a central. I'm so stupid. Um, I, okay, guy. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the team that that is my that is my buyer. What I, I think it has to be the Islanders. Um, and the reason why is because the Islanders are such a defensive juggernaut. That's all they have. They don't have the, the, the flair offensively that they need to, you know, compete with, you know, your Washington capitals who are actually playing extremely well. Um, the Pittsburgh penguins who are playing very well. Um, and I would say Boston, at least their top, their top, their top players, um, they, they can score on any given night. So you have to have scoring if you're going to beat these two teams in the first, in the first two rounds. Um, so that, with that said, they have no cap space. So I don't know, I think it's going to be a money in money out type of deal, but they're going to do anything they can to, to find a, to find some top level scoring, um, especially with Anders Lee out for the season. Um, their captain the is out. Hall gets out there. What'd you say? What are the odds that Taylor Hall goes to the Islanders then? <sighs> that there's a link that he would go there and, Look, I, I, the odds are probably higher than I would like to th- than I would originally think. Um, I, I think that there, there's some there's some there there. I just don't know how Islanders do it with the money. Like I, I just don't know. Um, they, they don't have very many UFAs that they could that you know veterans that they could lay off. Um, they have a lot of RFAs, but you're not going to really trade an RFA if unless you really you know have to. Um, I, I can I can see them getting some like depth, so maybe some Mikhail Granlin. He's he's a versatile forward. Um, but Taylor Hall, that's an interesting that's an interesting move. Um, that is very interesting. And then I would say another big buyer is the the Boston Bruins. Look, the the top line of the Boston Bruins. I think everybody on this podcast can agree that it is one of, if not the best, first line in hockey. There's nothing behind that. <laughs> Jake DeBrusque is 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 was a a high value prospect. He's really come down. He might be moved. I think that they need some, de- they really need some depth scoring. So I could see, um, you know, I, could Taylor Hall put bear the Boston Bruins Jersey and be a second line, uh, be a second line winger. Maybe they do have 8.7 million, which is about the, the, the contract for Taylor Hall. Maybe there, there's some, there's some work there. Um, the Boston Bruins need to find their depth scoring or else they're not going to be a, 
a team that is formidable in the, in the postseason, in my opinion. Um, so, and then obvious sellers are, are the Buffalo Sabres, um, the devils. I don't know what they're doing. The Rangers, I think that they kind of underachieved and then Philly, Alex, your Philadelphia Flyers. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. They're, they're so sad, dude. Like somehow they're only a game, they're only a point out, but they have a negative 17 goal difference. Yeah, so. Like you need I, I just don't know. I, and it's been like two weeks. I mean, they've lost like multiple games by five plus goals. So like if we looked back a two a week and a half ago, that goal differential is probably closer to zero. Yeah, it's so tough. Um, I, I think that they're going to be buyers. They're going to try to be, but I, I I just don't know if they're going to be good enough. <laughs> I think they, they, I feel like they're just like a stand pat. And just yeah. Yeah. They're probably, that, most of their work going to be done the off season. Cause I just don't think they have the defense to, and Matt Niskanen, uh, Matt Niskanen's retirement has really hurt them. Like that has been an absolute detriment to them. Um, so maybe they find a, a defenseman, but why would you rent if your defense is just not strong enough to compete with any of those teams? I yeah. might um, fix it in the off season, but um, that is, that is my segment. Um, I, I, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Th- thank you guys for, for indulging. You guys did a great job. Um, and when we come back, uh, we're going to go through the next we're going to go through the MLB predictions for the awards. So we got all the awards. I can't even name them all. Tyler, you're going to take care of that when we come back. And welcome back, everybody. Um, MLB is just starting this week. Uh, opening day is Thursday, as Tyler said in the beginning of this podcast. Um, he wants to round up his season preview with our predictions for the the, um, the all the awards, as well as a final like look at the playoff picture. Tyler, take it away. Happy opening day, everybody. 2021 MLB season's about to kick off. Uh, we didn't really get a real opening day last year, obviously, with the pandemic and everything got pushed back and uh, it was kind of a weird, weird short season. So we're kicking off on Thursday, a full 162. Uh, feels like a true opening day once again. Uh, so I'm very, very excited uh, for this week. So in, in honor of that, we're going to do just kind of our final uh, season predictions here. And we're going to go more on the award side. So picking our uh, rookie of the year, the Cy Young and the MVP, as well as our final postseason picture. Um, so I'm going to start off with the, with the rookie of the year. Uh, we'll start off in the American League. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what everyone's got here. Uh, Alex, let's start off with you. Yeah, so uh, I went kind of off the board a little bit, um, even though he did just get sent down uh, yesterday or today. But I'm going with Mr. Service Time himself, Jared Kelenic from the Seattle Mariners. Um, I think he's going to be an absolute stud. I expect him to be up, you know, mid-April, uh, end of May or beginning of May. Um, he had a little knee issue over uh, in spring training, um, but I think he's going to be an absolute monster. Um, so I'm going Jared Kalanick for rookie of the year in the American League. Great pick, Trayden. Who do you got? Yeah, um, I have first baseman Andrew Vaughn for the Chicago White Sox. Um, he's really impressed the team. Um, he's already in contract extension talks with the White Sox. So obviously, he's done very well in the in the within the system that he's in. Um, and I think he's going to be a big hitter um, this season. He's going to show his show his, his colors there, and I think he, he'll, he'll have a run at it. Yeah, the White Sox got a few injuries there in the outfield, uh, so obviously he'll have a, a big spot now, uh, there to fill, so he'll probably be full goal, their, their full starter 
Um, so he'll be a really good uh, guy to watch. Uh, James, who do you got? I got ALCS MVP Randy Rosarena. The dude showed up big time in the playoffs last year, and that's the biggest stage possible. So, I mean, if he can do it on the biggest stage, he could probably do it during the regular season. So let's hope he shows up and does the same exact thing. Yeah, he won an absolute tear, one of the most impressive postseason performances in MLB history last season. So uh, we'll, we'll see if he can follow it up in his first full season in, in uh, Major League Baseball. I, I know the Rays, especially offensively, are going to need that production out of him. So uh, if he can produce that, I think he's a great solid pick. Um, I'm going to agree with Alex here. I, I also picked Jared uh, Ke- uh, Kelnick of the Seattle Mariners. Um, I just think this guy, I think, I think he's the not number ninth ranked prospect in, in, in all of baseball. Uh, the Mariners got a lot of really good prospects coming up. They had the rookie of the year last year. Uh, so I'm going to go back to back rookie of the years for the Seattle Mariners and, and uh, Kelnick for, for uh, Seattle there. Uh, so let's move on to the national league. Uh, James, who do you got in the national league rookie of the year? Yeah, this one was tough. Um, I don't really know very many rookies at all other than Randy Rosarena. So this dude, he's a pitcher. His name is Sixto Sanchez. Great name. That's why I picked him. That is a fantastic name. Uh, pitcher for the Miami Marlins. Uh, had some good service time last year. Uh, was pretty impressive. So we'll, we'll see how he can do in 2021. Trading, who you got? Yeah, so I talked about the the lowly Pirates this season or earlier uh, in the podcast. It's got to be Cabrian Hayes. He's going to have a full season. That's the only reason Pirates fans are going to tune in to watch this team. The kid is going to make a splash. He already made a splash last last season. Um, he's going to hit like crazy, and he's pretty damn good defensively. So um, he is my dude. Agree. The only reason to watch the Pirates, Cabrian Hayes, 100% agree with you. Uh, Alex, who do you got? I'm agreeing with Traden. Uh, Key Brian Hayes is the rookie of the year in the National League. Um, yeah, his defense has already been, um, you know, compared to Nolan Arenado and Matt Chapman. Uh, so when you have those two guys thrown in as comparisons, you know you're legit. Um, I think Key Brian Hayes might get some very low ballot MVP votes this year. He's not going to win the MVP. He might get like a 10th place vote, but he might get some. He's, he's a star in the making. Um, but yeah, agree with you. Only thing to do in Pittsburgh right now is to watch Key Brian Hayes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna go on that Key Brian uh, Hayes uh, bandwagon with you guys. I think this guy's gonna be an absolute monster. Uh, I draft him in fantasy baseball this year, so hopefully that works out for me. Uh, so rookie of the year, National League, Key Brian Hayes of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, so let's move on to the Cy Young award goes to the best pitcher in both leagues. Uh, well, again, we'll start off in the American League. Alex, who you got? Okay, I went with Lucas Giolito of the Chicago White Sox. Threw a no-hitter against those Pirates last year. That's not as impressive because they were straight garbage. But he's taken a big step. The White Sox are, you know, one of the hot teams coming into the season. I think Lucas Giolito, AL Cy Young Award winner. Nice. James, who do you got? Back-to-back Cy Young winner. I'm predicting the future, but it's going to be Shane Bieber. He won it last season and won it again this year. He literally gets better and better every single year. Granted, he's been a pro for three or four years, but in those three or four years, he's gotten better and better every single year. He's a strikeout machine. I have no doubt that he's going to win it if he stays healthy. James is a believer. Love it. Trading, who do you got? (laughs) I love that. Um, I think everybody (laughs) thinks that Garrett Cole, like a a lot of people have Garrett Cole winning it. I'm going to have a little bit of a dark horse here because I like to have some fun. I like Tyler Glass now. Um, I, I like what he did in the in the playoffs last year, especially in the World Series. I think that 
and especially the loss in that in the World Series, I think that 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 is your turning point. That's where you really decide if you're going to go all in or if you're going to let that get to you. And I think he's the type of player that's going to show us that he's he's one of the best in the league. What do you think about his finger, dude? You know, it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly it's worked out for him so far. So you know, he's got a fucked up finger. It clearly seems to work. Works it's for fine. him. Uh, love those picks. Unfortunately, I'm agreeing again with Alex. Uh, we're three for three so far. Uh, I'm going also playing Lucas Giolito, the Chicago White Sox. Uh, I think this guy is a is a monster on the mound. Uh, he's he's up come up up and coming. Um, James, I almost went with your pick as well. I think those two are probably going to be the two best pitchers in the American League. Um, and I, I'm also looking for Garrett Cole to have a, a bounce back season. He kind of had an iffy 2020, so he might make a run for it as well. I think. A lot of good pitchers in the American League to look for, but my pick is going to be Lucas Giolito. Uh, so let's move on to the National League. Traden, who's your National League scion? Yeah, um, I got Jacob DeGrom for the New York Mets. Um, I think he is intriguing. He's an intriguing player. Um, he hasn't had the best help offensively, and he's one of the best pitchers in the league. In my like, That's kind of been shown, and he just hasn't had the help there. And, and he already has two Cy Youngs to his name. So I, and I, I, some are saying that he has a hall of fame case. So if he gets it again, I mean, he, he's, he's going to be definitely um, knocking at that door. Yeah. I, I think going into 2021, I would rate DeGrom as the best starting pitcher in baseball. So can't go wrong with that pick. James, who do you got? I got a dark horse that was really far down the leaderboard, but it's Blake Snell. Yeah. I think he's going to reclaim the form that he did from 2018 when he won the Cy Young. He's not going to have an innings cap anymore. He's going to be able to pitch and feel his pitches, and he's going to be better because of it. Uh, in 2018, he had pitched 180 innings, which is the most he's ever done in his career, and he, again, won the side young that year. He's now on a better team, a team where there is a winning culture, and, I mean, management has come out and done everything they can to make that a winning team, and I think that's going to bleed into his performance and make him perform that much better. Love that. Alex? Mm. Yeah, you have to go Jake DeGrob. I mean, he's 33 years old and he's throwing 102 miles an hour. The dude's an absolute freak. Um, he's Yeah, he's the best pitcher in baseball right now, and I don't even think there's, like, remotely a conversation to be had about it. Um, so, yeah, Jake DeGrob. Yeah, uh, we finally disagree on something here. Um, last year – I'm going with the same pick I went with last year, and that would be my boy Walker Bueller of the Dodgers. Uh, I think this guy's going to win one. Um, you know, he it's just, I think he hasn't really shown his full potential over a full 162. Uh, I think this is here. He finally does that. Um, I like, I like Bueller. Um, I think he, he is arguably probably the best pitcher in the Dodgers r- rotation. Um, I know you got Kershaw, you got Bauer in there, but I think Bueller in terms of just pure stuff and pure talent, he's the best um, on, on, on that team. So um, DeGrom is a great pick. It's hard to go against uh, DeGrom there, but I'm going to go Bueller. Uh, so let's move on to the most valuable player. Uh, we'll start with the American League once again. James, who do you got? Mike Trout. <laughs> ah, that's all. Nice yeah. and simple. All righty. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> uh, Alex, who do you got for MVP in the American League? Uh, I'm going with Aaron Judge. I think this is finally that he should have won it in 2017 because fuck Jose Altuve. I think this is the year he finally stays healthy. Um, I think he leads this Yankees team to one of the best records in the American league. Um, I also just didn't want to pick Mike Trout because it's 
it's boring. He should be win. He should win every single year because he's Mike Trout. But yeah. I wanted to pick somebody different. Yeah. He's kind of like like, like he's kind of like LeBron. Yeah, you know, he it's like win. he really should win every year, but you know, got to mix it up sometimes. You know, uh, interesting pick there. Obviously, I think if Judge is healthy, he absolutely has an MVP. MVP case every year, uh, so we'll we'll see how how that goes. Trade. When is he ever healthy? Never. So that's, seventeen that's the... hit fifty two bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie of the year. There it is. <laughs> um, uh, look, the uh, the obvious pick is Mike Trout, but I don't I don't want to be boring like Alex said. Um, I am boring. Yeah, you're boring, <laughs> James. Um, I'm gonna go third baseman Jose Ramirez for the Cleveland Indians. Oh. Uh, look, this guy has been consistently one of the best third basemen um, in the th- in the majors over the last few seasons here. Uh, he has 30 home run. He, I mean, he can put in 30 home runs um, and he could steals, you know, a, a number of bases. I think that he's uh, I think that he's it's his time. Are you are you picking the Indians to make the postseason? I don't know, because <laughs> that could make a case for MVP. But I, I do agree with you. Little, he, is, he is. But he I, is. I guess I guess that's the reason I won't pick Mike Trout, because I don't think I had the Angels cracking the playoffs. Yeah. So, and, and I'm kind of the MVP guy that you need to make the playoffs to be an MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go also different with all you guys. Uh, I'm going to go with a shortstop of the Chicago White Sox, Tim Anderson. Um, I think this guy is, is one of the best, most, I think one of the most underrated players in baseball. Not a lot of guys talk about him as being one of the upper echelon guys. And I think on a team like, like the Chicago White Sox, they're going to need him to be one of their best hitters in that lineup for them to make the postseason. Um, I think he's going to be having, he's going to have a great 2021 and he's going to lead that team offensively and defensively uh, at shortstop here to uh, f- for the White Sox and win and take home MVP. So that, that's kind of my dark horse candidate there. Uh, so let's move on to the national league final award here. Uh, James, who do you got for national league MVP? Uh, I got Juan Soto. Uh, I think his time is now. He has been hampered with injuries the last couple of time, years. Uh, if he can stay healthy. He produces at a pretty high rate, a rate in which is indicative of how good his career has been thus far. I think this is what his third year in the league. Like he, he's crazy good and he's a lot of fun to watch. He's yeah. I think he's going to win MVP if he stays healthy. For sure. Once so it was a great pick trading. Who do you got? Um, I have Ronald Acuna jr. I mean, this kid is young. This kid is heading into his fourth MLB season and he is one of the, and he has established himself as one of the best and it's time he gets recognized for it. Um, you know, I, I think that it's his time. Yeah. He was my pick last year. It didn't work out, but those are always <laughs> hard to pick, but uh, Acuna again, great pick. Alex, what do you got? Okay. So I was going to pick one Soto, but then I started thinking about it more and I think he's going to get a little bit of the Barry Bonds treatment because he is so uh-huh. good and so, so much better than anyone else in his lineup that they're going to pitch around him. So he's not going to get the counting stats that MVP voters want to see. So I changed my pick to who actually I picked last year, Christian Yelich. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He should have won back-to-back MVPs. Probably probably would have beat Bellinger if he didn't uh, fall foul a ball off of his kneecap and uh, break his knee in 2019. Had a really down year in 2020. Uh, he was worked with his old hitting coach, uh, and he's back to his um, former self. Also, he's on my fantasy team, so it kind of all works in well together for me. Yeah, I mean that that definitely helps. <laughs> a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of guys in 2021 that had really bad 2020s that will be interesting to see how they bounce back. Uh, there's a lot of guys this year like like that. Um, so the guy I'm going for is going to be Corey Seager. 
a um, little bit biased there, but Hey, let's, let's look at kind of how he's uh, been trending. He had a great 2020. Uh, I think he should have got more MVP consideration, obviously, you know, Mookie Betts, you know, deservingly so was more of an MVP con- consideration, but then goes in the postseason, wins NLCS MVP wins world series MVP. He's absolutely tearing it up in spring training. He just hit his eighth home run tonight on spring training. I know it's spring training. It's not, you know, it's, it, it, it is what it is, but this guy has looked so good over the past year or so. Um, and a lot of people when he was rookie of the year, you know, before that were, were already t- talking about him being a hall of fame player. Um, I think when this guy's healthy and he's feeling right, he is one of the best hitters in baseball. Um, I see Corey Seager putting it all together and having an MVP caliber season. So I'm going to pick Corey Seager uh, MVP for the National League. Real fast. Um, yeah. Eric just texted me. He said the MVP for the entire league is going to be Shohei Otani. I knew he would say that. So, hey, that's not a, that's not a bad pick. Um, I think if Shohei can play up to his potential, he definitely has a, uh, you know, a uh, say in that. But that's, you know, it's a big capital I and a capital F. Yes. Already left his start tonight with an injury. So that also did happen. So, yeah, again, I capital letters. (laughs) So we'll see. Uh, Anyway, so let's move on to uh, we're going to kind of, you know, we uh, the last uh, six weeks or so, we kind of went through each division and picked our winners for the division. Let's kind of, you know, wrap it up here and kind of have our final postseason picture. So each division winners and the two wild cards that will make the postseason 2021. Uh, so we'll start off in the American League. Alex, who you got? Okay, so I have the Yankees coming out of the East. I just think with the Blue Jays injuries and the Rays, um, you know, kind of falling back a little bit, I think the Yankees are clearly the best team in that uh, division. I've got the White Sox coming out of the Central I love that three-headed pitching monster of Giolito, Lance Lynn, and Dallas Keuchel. Um, I think their depth will, you know, be okay even with Eli Jimenez being hurt. Um, and then I still have the Astros coming out of the West. Um, I think the West is kind of just like a garbage uh, division right now, and I just I have nowhere to go with that. Um, I have the Twins as the second wild card or the first wild card team, excuse me. Um, and I was going to pick the Angels. I had changed my mind on them. I thought I was all on the Shohei hype train. And then I watched his start tonight. He's got, already left with an injury and he gave it three bombs. I'm out on them. So I have, I have Tampa uh, coming through as that second wild card spot. Um, and the twins will lose a playoff game for the 19th time in a row. In a row. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. James, who's, what's your American league picture look like? Um, I just have the names. I didn't explain it. I'm not that good at baseball as Alex is. So I'm just going to go through the list here. AL West, Angels. AL Central, Twins. AL East, Blue Jays. And my two wild card spots again: the Astros and the Yankees. Okay. Trading, who you got? Uh, AL East, I got Yankees. Um, AL Central, I have the Twins. And AL West, I have the Astros. And then I got the, the... I got the Indians because I have to because the because the, <laughs> you're a big Indians guy <laughs> and, and 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 I like the Rays I like the Rays yeah the okay so yeah the the uh, American League wild card is going to be a really interesting race to watch all season uh, you could really go with probably six teams for those two 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 wild card spots so I got Yankees out of the East uh, I got the White Sox out of the Central originally I did have, I was leaning more towards twins, but I think kind of looking at this whole season preview and seeing how these teams stack up. I like the, I like the white Sox a lot. 
Uh, so I'm going to go White Sox in the Central. And then I still am going to kind of pick my dark horse, the Oakland A's, squeaking out of that, that West Division, mainly because I hate the Houston Astros and I just can't pick them to win anything. Uh, and then the wild card, I have the uh, Twins as the first wild card, and I'm still going to go with the Blue Jays, the second wild card. Uh, they have a, lo- a lot of, you know, kind of uphill to climb, um, but I think that they're going to, you know, squeak in there as, as the second wild card spot. <clears throat> All right, moving on to the National League. Trade in. What, what, what you got? Oh, man. I'm trying to remember what we went through on the East because it's, it's been a minute. Um, I'll, um, I'm going to just throw up the West first, um, Dodgers. I mean, obviously like, is is anybody going to question that? Um, I'm going to say Cardinals central. Um, and I'll, I'm going to say the Mets in the East. I think they, I think they have a, I think they have a shot. And then my, um, wild cards is the Padres and the giants. I think, I think the West is going to come out with three teams. Still sticking with that surprise giants wild card pick. I like it. Stick with your guns. Uh, James, who do you got? West, I got the Padres because I made a bet on it. Actually, no, I made a bet on the 10 games, but I still think they're going to win because they're trying to ask that question afterwards. So, yeah, they're going to win. Okay. Uh, yeah. NL West, winners, Padres. Central, I got the Cardinals. The East, I got the Braves. And the wild card will be the Dodgers and the Mets. Gotcha. Alex, who do you got? Okay. Uh, I have the Braves in the East. I think they're being – unbelievably underrated that team is absolutely nasty um i have the brewers coming out of the central i think that their two-headed pitching monster on the top part of the rotation and the two-headed pitching monster at the back end of the bullpen can carry that team that's a pretty weak division um i got obviously the dodgers coming out of the west with james 50 bucks in tow uh i've got (laughs) i do have the padres as the wild card team um, and then the first wild card team, and then I have the Mets as the second wild card team, and the Padres lose because Jacob Degrom's Cy Young winner will smoke them. Uh, copy paste exactly what you said, Alex. Uh, to my uh, uh, National League, I agree with 100. Uh, Braves, Brewers, Dodgers, and then Padres and Mets. Um, so then, real quick, just to cap it off, real quick World Series prediction: Who you got, and how many games? I'll lead off. Dodgers over White Sox in seven because everyone loves game sevens. Uh, Alex, what do you got? Okay, so I have Dodgers, White Sox, Dodgers in five. <laughs> James? Uh, I got two wildcard teams making the World Series. Is Ooh. that rare? I have no idea. But it's going to be the Dodgers happened. and the Yankees because my, my stuff's all weird. <laughs> but <laughs> Dodgers in seven. Trade in. Classic. That'd be fun. I like Dodgers, Yankees, um, Dodgers in like six. <laughs> you're gonna be like in like eight yeah 12 <laughs> 15 dodgers all around yeah a dodgers yankees world series would be pretty cool yeah I, I i would love that that's what i picked last year and i almost did it again but i guess like I, I keep looking at this white Sox team man i i like them a lot so uh we'll see what happens real quick i just want to you know end end this segment here um opening day is thursday obviously uh baseball is you know clearly my favorite sport and you know opening day is just a great great time of the year um, so I just want to, you know, go around the horn real quick and just as, as we look forward to this 2021 season, uh, what are you guys looking forward to the most from baseball in 2021? Uh, Trade and I'll start off with you. Um, the Giants making the playoffs and making you guys think twice. <laughs> Love it. James. I'm excited to go to baseball games again. California's letting it happen, so I'm pretty pumped to go. I'm ready trying to get tickets. I tried to get tickets for opening day, but that was like 230 plus. So that was a no. 
<laughs> uh, but other than that, like I'm excited to go hang out with friends, get a couple beers, down a couple hot dogs, and catch a fly ball. Absolutely. Alex, what do you got? Yeah, man, I got to agree with James. Uh, excited to, you know, hopefully get to a game this year. I was really excited to see Shohei pitch and hit. That already feels out the window. Um, and I'm blister, excited. <laughs> Talk to Rich Hill, baby. Uh, yeah. And I'm excited to celebrate back-to-back World Series titles in Los Angeles. And we'll get a parade this year, and it'll be double – It'll be a double parade because yeah. they went back to back and we'll just do the loop like four times. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. I'm looking forward to the possibility of actually going to Dodger Stadium and watching a game, having a beer, having a Dodger dog. Um, that's going to be an amazing moment when that happens. Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to a full 162. That just feels right. That just feels like baseball uh, going through the, through the, the full grind. Uh, and as, as Alex mentioned, uh, looking forward to hopefully another World Series championship in Los Angeles. Hopefully we get to celebrate it more. Uh, so yeah, that will kick, that will end my uh, MLB segment. Happy opening day, everybody. Uh, good luck to all the teams out there, but mostly to the Dodgers. So <laughs> let's go. Thank you, Tyler. Um, I'm excited. Um, I'm hopefully going to watch more ba- uh, baseball this year. Um, you guys have got me all geared up and I think I know more than I did. I, I know I know more than I have over the last four week, 40 weeks than, you know, I ever weeks. have. So, um, so I appreciate that. Um, we're going to we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to come back uh, we're going to talk about the final segment of the of the week and that's the NBA deadline that has just passed. Stay tuned. Welcome back everybody. We got one more segment before we tune off uh, tune out for this week. Um, Alex is going to take us through the trade deadline that came came and went and it was a crazy one wasn't it Alex yeah it was nuts um but yeah before we get into that we'll do fantasy just like always first time in a while I really don't want to talk about it uh, <laughs> yeah Tyler huge win for you you did let's go get to seven and six um yours truly is still ten and three so should be okay uh and then traded uh I would say a big win but you're four and nine so it's not like Plain spoiler, baby. Yeah, plain spoiler. And then James also lost. Uh, so that's upset. We, yeah, we March were Madness. Kind of, it was yeah, March Madness. Yeah, speaking of that, March Madness is still going on. Um, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Um, again, thank you to all of you who uh, put put your brackets in there. Um, I don't know who's at the top. I know mine. I'm like at number three right now. So I'm kind of hoping that somehow I pull it out and then I don't have to pay anybody and I just like <laughs> keep my money. So that'll be, <laughs> that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, so the trade deadline was last Thursday, March 25th. Uh, it came down to the wire. Um, some, some of them a little bit past the wire. Um, you know, the trades just have to be agreed upon by the deadline. Um, and then the paperwork just has to be filed by the league office for it to be official. Um, but, and then there were some buyouts too. And we will talk about that a little bit later. Um, we didn't, I didn't really tell the boys about that, but we'll just kind of get into it real quick. Um, but let's start with you, James. So probably one of the bigger moves of this trade deadline, Victor Oladipo gets traded again. It feels like he's been traded like four times in the last three years. Uh, he's going back to – not back to Miami. He's going to Miami to join Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Um, thoughts on Oladipo going to Miami? I think it's fantastic for the Heat. Um I had talked earlier around all-star break and I was like, the Heat are going to suck. They're going to move into the eight, the 10th spot. And for the first part after their all-star game break, I was wrong. 
they were on like this heater. They were winning games left and right. And then they started sucking a lot. And they've been on a six game bender. And then they're now on, I think the ninth seed in the in the East. So pretty much where I had them. So I wasn't that wrong, but they did pick up Oladipo, which is huge. They lost Avery Bradley, a defensive guard, and Kellen Olenek, who is a center who shoots threes and is not a great rebounder. Um, but what Oladipo brings to the table is instant offense, and that is what's sorely needed by the Heat. Earlier, Tyler told us that Jimmy Butler was going to be really, really good and how the reason why he's winning, the Heat are winning is because he's been on a tear. And that was true. But I also said that, hey, that's unsustainable. Jimmy Butler can't do that for a long period of time. And during this six-game losing streak that they've won, Jimmy Butler hasn't scored more than 20 points. It's 100% unsustainable. If Jimmy Butler does not put up points, that he do not win. Old Depot fixes that. He averages 20 points a, a game. He's 25-4. and four. Like the guy, instant offense. He can handle the ball well. He's explosive. There haven't really been rumblings of him being a bad teammate. The only problem is he is injury-prone. He's coming off a year where he had – surgery he played a couple games and he plays like every other game now when it's a back-to-back so there will be times to set him out but the fact of the matter is his instant offense he's going to take some of that pressure off jimmy he's going to take pressure off those young guards who just jack up threes overall i think this puts the heat in a really good spot yeah i think it all comes down to which victor oladipo do you get do you get the healthy victor oladipo who is 20 points a game easy or do you get the Victor Oladipo who just had, you know, major surgery on his quad not all that long ago? Um, if he's, if it's the first one, the Heat have a really good chance to make a deep playoff run. If it's the second one, I don't know if they get out of the first round. Um, but I like the move. The East is starting to feel a little bit more open in that those top maybe like four spots. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 have to see what happens with that. Um, they're obviously playing kind of like shit now, so they're going to have to pick it up. I think the Heat are definitely one of those teams that want to avoid that little play-in stupid tournament thing. Um, I think they're trying to really, really get into that sixth seed at the minimum. So we'll, we'll see what happens down there in Miami. Um, a t- so a player leaving Florida, going, to, going out west, is Aaron Gordon. He is moving out to Denver to join, um, you know, possible – MVP Nikola Jokic, uh, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, so, trade in. You wanted to talk about Aaron Gordon moving from Miami to Denver. Uh, sorry, from Orlando to Denver. Yes. Um, look, we. I think we talked about it when we did the um, when or when you when we did the uh, rankings or whatever a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I had and I talked about the Nuggets and how I thought they were going to drop down. And I think the main reason was because they didn't have a third big. And I think that they may have found one here. Um, I'm not saying that he's amazing, but he instantly is the mo- is one of the most athletic, if not the most athletic on the court and for the Nuggets, right? And I think that that adds a lot of, um, de- a lot of potential depth to this team. Um, we look at what happened to Denver playing in the conference finals just half a year ago. Um, Jokic and, and Murray were amazing. And... And I think that I think that the front office realized that we have to give them someone to 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 they need they need some help because if we if they had some help who knows what could have happened last year uh, and now with Jokic running for most valuable player um, I think that it, that that need is even more that being said I think that it's even going to be a harder run for them 
Um, they're not going to be able to come back from three to one um, deficits again. I don't think that that's going to happen. So, and I think it's even going to be harder for them to, to get through. So they're really going to need someone like um, Aaron Gordon here. Um, what's interesting though, is I don't think we've seen Aaron Gordon at his, at his potential. Um, I mean, he's young, but we feel but I feel like we've been watching him on a very shitty Orlando team for years. And I think that this is going to change. Now he's going to be with, with skilled players that actually will give him a chance to, to, to show his worth and give this team the, the, the um, offensive bump that they need. Um, And I, I really like it. I think it's a fresh start for Aaron Gordon. Um, I think that he's, he's going to look better in that Jersey. He's going to feel better with that team. And, you know, sometimes you just need to change a scenery and, and, and some, some better teammates, um, to, to really unlock what, what you can't give, because you can only give so much if you're, if you're not that, if you're not a LeBron, there's only so much you can do without, without without being on a team that is truly, um, you know, very skilled and, um, talented. So I like that trade. Yeah. I think the Nuggets, um, they made a big splash and, you know, part of that is the Lakers two big stars are hurt right now and the Clippers have been up and down all season. And I think they saw an opening to, you know, at the beginning of the season that they probably realistically were like, can we beat these LA teams? No, but you don't know, you know, LeBron's 36 AD has been out for a month and a half now gone my fantasy team. So that's kind of been a bummer. Um, so I, you know, I like this pickup. I think it just gives them a little bit more depth scoring. I think it gives them, um, you know, a little bit tougher wing defense. Um, it kind of takes a little bit more of the pressure off of Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. to be that those kind of second and third guys. So I like this pickup for Denver a lot. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to come out of the West with, with this, but it's, it's going to be really interesting, um, to see how far they can, how far they can go, uh, Oh, so I got a question for you, man. Yes, sir. Where do you see Aaron Gordon fitting in that lineup? Because you got Jokic as a big, and then you got your outside guys. Aaron Gordon is a dunker. He's like Blake Griffin on steroids. Where yeah, does he fit they, in that lineup? And they have the best big man passer in the NBA right now. He can play. He can play either a three or a four. Uh, he can be a better defender than Michael Porter Jr. He can be the guy that defends, you know, a LeBron, a Kawhi, and gives Michael Porter Jr. the opportunity to be who he is which is a better offensive player i don't think aaron gordon's gonna change their you know start dropping 38 game or anything but i think he's gonna fit as a three four guy um to, to you know some defensive grit and you know whatever they get from him and if they and if they get even decent shooting they'll take it and, and that that said i mean i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna sit here and be an expert but um i think that 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 has been brought up james and that's a good question i will say that all myself included and many of us on this podcast didn't know how um a player like um uh crap uh who who went to the um the nets why am i losing like i'm sorry yes like griffin no no the um early on james harden james James harden Yes, James Harden. We had no idea how he would fit in that um, in that lineup. We thought that it would be a, a team of three ball hogs that couldn't that couldn't work together. And he's changed his game. He's he's become a playmaker. He's become he's become a huge part of that team. Why can't Aaron Gordon change his change a little bit to fit in that to fit in that and to become a player that you know they need? I, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but we've seen what happens when I didn't think that Harden could change. And I mean, really James Harden has done it before when he played to the Thunder, if you had KD and Westbrook and him all on that same team. 
So it's been done before by Harden. Aaron so Gordon did, hasn't so shown So we don't have any trust than, in Aaron Gordon at 25 years old? I just don't think he's anything more than a dunker at this point. Because that's all he's done. I think we finally see him on a much better team. Um, I mean, Orlando blew it up. They pretty much traded anyone away that had any amount of value. Um, and I don't, he's not supposed to be the guy. He's not supposed to be James Harden. And the James Harden to OKC thing, I mean, James Harden at that point was a six-man-of-the-year candidate, and he was nothing compared to what he is now. So I think that's But he's kind played of a, in that. He's been around two superstars. Yeah, but they were also like 21 years old, and I think yeah, they've, but it's been they've all grown and changed as players. So I see what your point is. I just think you're wrong about it. <laughs> just uh, It'll be interesting. Well, I guess we'll see. Maybe maybe it'll be a shit move for Denver, and James can come back and laugh at us later. I'm not saying it's a shit move. I just don't know where he's going to fit in. Like he's yeah, gonna be, it's going to be it's going to up their their team. Like they're going to be a better team because of it. I just don't see. I just think it gives like, them more athleticism and depth, and you know, I think I think they'll make it work. However, they make it work. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, Tyler JJ Redick is out of New Orleans, and he's going to Dallas. Um, he's a veteran guy to play on, you know, a pretty young team that hasn't, you know, had a ton of success, uh, in the playoffs. So, um, thoughts on JJ Reddick going to the Mavs. Yeah. As you mentioned, you know, veteran guy on a team that's, you know, trying to make that push into one of the top contenders in that Western conference. Um, I think he's going to bring a lot of veteran leadership to that team. Um, he's coming off a, off a heel injury. Um, so there's a little bit question marks around if he's hundred percent healthy, that's going to be huge. And what he obviously brings to the skill side, he's, he's one of the best three-point shooters in, in basketball. He's been in the top 5% of uh, three-point shooters in basketball over the last three or four seasons. Um, and, and Dallas, you know, is a little bit weak in that area. I think they, they ranked uh, 19th in the NBA in three-point percentage. So I think J.J. Redick being on this Dallas Mavericks team makes them better. Does it push them into the upper echelon of that Western Conference? No. Um, but, you know, they're currently in, uh, I believe, the 10th spot um in the in the western standing so they're in that you know playing playing part of it um so you know maybe they make a push to get in that top six with with, with jj reddick on the team um like i said i surely i think this too i think it's a good move for for dallas make it makes the team better add some better presence gives them some th- uh three-point shooting um two things that i think that dallas was lacking um and jj reddick does provide that so i think this was a good move yeah, I mean, any team in the NBA will take veteran leadership slash three-point shooting in today's game. Yeah. No no team's going to turn that away. Um, I mean, you've seen what three-point shooting can do to the league. It changes everything for some teams. So um, I like that pickup. I don't know if it's maybe as needle-turning, you know, or whatever the phrase is compared to the other two we talked about earlier. But I like the pickup for Dallas. Um, obviously, as we've said, I'm a huge Doncic fan, so – Hopefully, I think we get to see some more of him in the playoffs. Um, and then my pick, the one that I wanted to talk about, is Rajon Rondo getting traded from the Hawks, going to L.A., but to the Clippers, and Lou Will leaving um, so he can go eat wings in Atlanta and <laughs> get COVID or whatever he did. Um, I think this is a championship move for the Clippers. I think the Clippers are now the team to beat coming out of the West. Playoff Rondo is a thing, um, you know. Kawhi and PG are great players, but they are not players like Rondo or LeBron or Luka Doncic where the offense runs through them. 
they are there to score buckets, but they don't and play defense because they're two of the best wing defenders in the NBA. And if the offenses have to run through them, they can save their legs a little bit. Um, and we've already seen it. You know, the Clippers are now on a six game win streak. They just beat the Bucks tonight. Um, I think this is a huge pickup for the Clippers. And um, I, you know, and especially with the Lakers injury woes right now, I think the Clippers are the team to beat coming out of the West. Um, speaking of injury woes, um, some players that are currently hurt right now, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry has a bruised ass. I just wanted to say that because I think it's funny. Joel Embiid and then LaMelo Ball. Um, I know we, you know, I just thought we knew should bring it up. Um, you know, Tyler, let's kind of go back to you with the Lakers. Um, thoughts on now LeBron and AD going out. They did bring in Andre Drummond in the buyout market. Um, what are your thoughts on on the Lakers moving forward with this injury? And what can we expect, Can you know, later on this season? Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, you lose your top two players, especially in basketball. That's a huge blow. I mean, I know this Lakers team is very deep and, you know, they'll kind of survive. Um, but they're not going to win much come playoff time if these two guys are not healthy. It is, it's plain and simple. I mean, so they got to figure out getting those guys back and playing, you know, at, you know, or being able to play well enough to be able to play or healthy enough to be able to play. Um, so <laughs> they, yeah, those, those two guys are, are huge, obviously. I mean, there, there's no question about it. The NBA is a star driven league. Um, if you don't have your stars, you're not going to win period. So Lakers need to get LeBron and AD back or otherwise it's going to be a real quick exit in, in the, in the, in the postseason for him. Yeah. I wrote this in my article last week. I, I think that if they, they don't get back soon enough, I think the Lakers could drop out of the top six. I think this yeah. West, the West is so good. There's so much star power. A lot of players we just talked about got traded from the East to the West. Um, I'm worried about them. Just going to yeah. throw that out there. Um, so KD is still hurt. The, Nets, you know, as we just talked about, have brought on James Harden and Blake Griffin, and now LaMarcus Aldridge in that buyout market. Um, James, what do you think about the Nets? They're kind of the big bad boys now. Are you – what do you think? Like, KD hasn't played in a really long time. Do they need to all play together, uh, or is it is that not going to be a problem because there's just so much talent? I don't think it's going to be a problem at all. Um, to be honest, KD – doesn't really have to play all that much. He missed an entire year from an Achilles and he still came back and his first game back, put up MVP numbers and they won. Like the fact of the matter is there's a lot of talent and this team has a lot of chemistry. From the outside, it doesn't look like it, but watching them on the court, it's a symphony. It's poetic. It's the ball goes where it's supposed to go and there's no complaining. It's kind of just, they're playing basketball the way they know how to play it and they're playing it, having fun. I think the added Blake Griffin and Marcus Aldridge's insurance. Um, I still am not sold on Blake Griffin. Marcus Aldridge is a damn good player. He's a good. He's not a stretch four per se because he didn't shoot the three all that well, but he can shoot it from the wing a decent amount, um, from the elbow a good amount too. He's a good rebounder. Really good fundamentals. When you play in pop system, you learn the game of basketball inside and out, and you take it with you wherever you go. And that's exactly what he's going to bring with him to the Nets. Steve Nash is a good coach. He knows basketball really well, Hall of Fame IQ. And I think adding the mind of Marcus Aldridge that it has that it has learned a lot from Pop adds that given to other dimension of just basketball IQ 
that in turn will help them once everybody's healthy. Um, at the end of the day, all those buyout guys, Blake Griffin, Marcus Aldridge, if they don't play a lot come playoff time, they're okay with that. That's what they signed up for when they signed that contract. So if they, as long as they win a championship, they're good. This is a team that has a lot of good chemistry, a lot of good talent. They're going to go pretty far. Yeah, I think, you know, they obviously signed up to win. That's what they're there for. Um, you know, neither one of them have gone very far in the playoffs before. So they're both there to win. Um, Brooklyn is kind of turning into the Yankees of the basketball world right now. A little bit of the, you know, evil empire, whatever you want to call them. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and then just very last thing, uh, LaMelo Ball is out for the season. He broke his wrist. Um I just think that's bad for basketball. I just think it's sad. He was having a great season. He was probably the front runner for the rookie of the year. The Hornets are in a, they're somehow the four seed right now in the East. I have no idea how that happened. Uh, they're game over 500. Yeah. 23 and 22, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, oh my God. But yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Literally no idea. Um, I had to fact check you for that. Cause I didn't believe you, but damn, you're yeah. right. Yep, I have I have it open right now. Um, Trading just just thoughts on Lamelo and kind of his impact so far, and um, just you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you kind of nailed it. I mean, it's just not good. I mean, he, he's he's been he's having a great season, um, and the the Hornets actually were you know they they were they were looking good. I mean, they were looking okay. They I thought they were going to make a push. Um, and like you said, I mean, when a player like that that's playing so well completely goes down, it's 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 rough. Um, and and I, there's not much more you can say. That you you need you need to keep those players. You know, basketball is better. Basketball is much better when he's healthy. And the, and obviously the Hornets are better when he's healthy. That's a, that's a given. Um, and it, it's a big hit and a shame for the Hornets because I think that they were actually like kind of like giving it a giving it a go. And I and you gotta you gotta applaud that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the Hornets are probably one of those teams that gets, you know, almost zero media attention and having LaMelo Ball kind of gives them that attention. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. He was having a great season. Um, I know I kind of threw these, this injury stuff on you guys kind of last minute, but um, I appreciate you guys kind of diving into it with me. Um, but trading, that's, that's all I got for the NBA this week. Um, it's coming down to the wire, just like hockey. It is coming down the wire. What do you guys got like a month is it four weeks or five weeks left yeah about yeah about a month um everyone's got like 20 ish games left yeah yeah it's it's coming down to the wire um the nhl is coming down to the wire um middle of april we're gonna be in i'm sorry middle of may we're gonna be in um playoff mode for both both uh leagues so it's gonna be it's gonna be intense um that was that that's it for episode 40 um guys i think that, i think it was a damn good one um i i enjoyed it um good good information good discussion um i think we're getting better just in terms of our knowledge about everything like i i'm actually talking basketball and it's kind of weird <laughs> so <laughs> i'll take it um but please please tune in um next week um and if if you're a business or or you own a business um and you're looking to get you know, some, some ad, some, some, uh, some marketing, please, please hit us up. We would be happy to, uh, to bring you on, um, as an ad partner. Um, we're, we're looking to, to fill that void there. Um, you know, if, if you, if, if there's, if there's something that pops up or if you know somebody, please, please send them our way, please check out, um, our, you know, our YouTube videos. If you want to see our facial expressions, because sometimes that's the best, especially when someone makes a stupid comment and you just can't chime in. It's just funny to see how everyone reacts, 
Um, without Eric, though, I think that the 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 crazy, stupid um, uh, <laughs> stuff that are said is not there, and he really makes the show in that. Um, and we so we really miss you, Eric. Uh, we can't wait to have you back. Um, hopefully, it's next week. Um, but um, thank you guys, and uh, hope you enjoyed.